Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure, and he's Mark Potash. Welcome to Howl's Intrigue. And guys, in the upcoming episode, we will wonder whether the Bears are the happiest 3-6 and six team we've ever seen in our lives. We'll break down what Justin Fields did on Sunday and could do going forward, and we'll make our picks for the Lions game coming up. All that and more on Howl's Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, the Bears are 3-6, and but boy, you wouldn't feel it. It doesn't feel that way this week. Justin Fields' record-setting performance has left the city, I think, um, really excited, and it feels like the locker room's trending that way too. It helps with Justin Fields that this is not just a one-off that he had a really big, exciting game against the Dolphins. It's really part of a five-game stretch. Mm-hmm. He's had this five, and that goes back even before the uh, the now soon to be like. Are they going to build a statue to the mini buy? <laughs> is there going to be who's going to do an oral history of what went on during the mini buy? Um, But it goes back before that. Justin Fields is in the most efficient passing stretch of his career, and he's averaging 91 yards rushing per game over those five Mm -hmm. games. So he is giving you, you know, about 260 yards per game of total offense during that stretch. I don't think he's going to continue to rush for 90 yards a game, probably going to be closer to like 50 over the long run. I think that's what he's been for most of his short career. Um, so he's got to get the passing numbers up. It really doesn't matter how he gets to 250 to 300 yards passing total output, uh, I mean, of total offense between rushing and passing. It doesn't really matter how he divides that up, but he does need to be in that range. Mm-hmm. And 123 yards passing, he's going to have to bring that up because he's not always going to run for 178 yards and set the NFL record every single week. But I think the overall game that he's been playing for the last five weeks is on track. I'm not sold. I'm not convinced. I couldn't just sit here and make the decision right now. Okay, he's the guy. Don't draft a quarterback this offseason. But I would say if you're looking at a schedule of where someone like him should be, he's 100% on schedule right now. Potsy, he's probably more ahead of schedule than any other quarterback drafted in his class. Is that overstating things? No, it's not. Uh, if you look at the the total season, I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the one guy you got to keep an eye on. He right. actually... Uh, in fact, that class had a really good uh, of the of the three of the four <coughs> active players from that first round all had pretty good all had passer ratings over a hundred or a hundred or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilson, Lawrence, and Fields, so they're all doing well. But yeah, right now, based on like Jason said, more than just one week, it's not getting excited about one game. To me, the biggest indicator is just the accuracy. That was the one thing I said at the beginning of the year was what. The red flag about Justin Fields was this him missing these simple throws, and you can even pin, you can point them out. I mean, off the top of your head, the overthrow to Cole Komet uh, that right. was intercepted, that miss on the swing pass to Ebner, mm-hmm. things like that. That you, you know, if you're going to be, if you're in a de- developmental phase, you've got to make those. You've got to be accurate. And Fields' accuracy has been improved. It's followed. It's funny people knocked or mocked the whole idea of the comparison to Josh Allen. But the big key for him was accuracy in the first 15 games, bad. Accuracy after that, good. And he's followed, he is, now it doesn't mean he's going to be the same player, but he's followed that template. Because I can't, I don't know, I pointed out the numbers in first and ten, can't remember exactly what they were. But something like 57% in the first uh, part of the season, 
not good. And, and since then, 65%, even when he was only throwing for 100 yards a game or, or not having great pass rates. So to me, the, the, the big thing is, 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 uh, is the accuracy, which is, I think, a huge key for anybody in, in any quarterback in this day and age. And I think, I think that's just a really good sign that he at least can, he can, he can sustain this. And he has things around him that could help that improve with Chase Claypool kind of wading into the offense now. I would expect he's going to play more of a full role Sunday against the Lions and beyond. Um, the offensive line maybe a little bit better with Riley Reef in there instead of Larry Bourne. But, Mark, I mean, we can talk a lot about, and this is what matters most, is the big picture implications with Justin Fields' play. But in the short term, like Pat was saying, it's a 3-6 and six team that you actually like watching. I mean, these games have been interesting and entertaining, and that is something in and of itself because this TV show is on every week. And it has not been a very good show the last few years. People are sitting through 16, 14 games, and even at the beginning of this season, 2012 or 1911 or something like that. You really have something to watch on Sundays that's exciting now, don't you? It's yeah, and it says a lot about the Bears that uh, uh, this is this is act this is what a rebuilding season is. You know, they've had so many times where they've been kind of rebuilding, but kind of not. There's always been a Cutler in the way, or Forte, or some, or a or great defense, or something. This is a rebuilding season. I think that's why. I mentioned this to a couple guys of our, our, our brethren in the media yesterday in the locker room. This is the best three and six locker room I've ever been in, and I mean that. And that that is true. I mean, we've been there where when the Bears are three and six, nobody wants to talk. Everybody's hiding. These guys not only were available, but you know, you could just tell they feel good about themselves, right. and and that's not wrong. A year from now, that will be wrong. Sure, but right now, that's not wrong. They are where they're supposed to be. They're three and six. They're playing well, losing games. I mean, this is. This is how some teams, how some good teams build, and there's nothing wrong with it. They also don't have enough high talent or high paid, uh, super talented players um, who duck the media. <laughs> to, to be quite well, honest, that that dynamic is totally different. In right. fact, a little inside uh, baseball or inside football, I guess. Uh, even a guy like uh, uh, why why the why is the Bears locker room so much better now? Even a guy like when when Roquan Smith was a rookie. And there were, and he was like the fifth or sixth option right. with Danny Trevathan and Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and all. He was a once a week guy. He was a guy who would go and be available in the locker room once a week, get the big crowd. Now he's just the opposite, or he was when he was here. Right. He was the top dog. Could have easily been, literally, le- legitimately the the, the 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 once a week guy. And he was a guy who was available, maybe not every day, but when you needed him, he was sure. around. The dynamic has totally changed on this team as the name players have, uh, have left. And it just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sign that, that, to me that they are comfortable with where they are, and as long as they keep getting better, that's a good thing. Jason, it's a happy town in addition to a happy locker room. I have a personal theory that people who are Bears fans, like fans of every other team, play fantasy football. People gamble on them. Most people take overs, not unders. Most people want to see offense because it helps fantasy teams. In general, do you think the happiness comes with just the fan base here being exposed to a style of football that the rest of America has been playing for 50 years and, and the Bears finally came to, or seemed to catch up with? Like, is 30 points, win or lose, always going to be fun here? We were never getting to 30 points. Well, that's what years. I'm saying it now. It was just never yeah, happening. Right, right. You were never getting to 30 points. It was uh, the Matt Nagy score 17 points and pray it's enough right. every week experience. And... This is way better. I mean, 33 against the Patriots, 
30 almost against the Cowboys. But he's giving up 49 better? Well, that's the life that you that you have here right. because, they, I mean, when they Mark, we keep asking them, this is this feels like almost pointless to keep asking them what they're going to do to fix the defense because what you do to yeah. fix the defense is get better players. This is what right. you have. You have a roster, you have a starting defense full of fifth-round picks and undrafted guys and one-year yeah. contract cast-offs who are available very cheap, and that's going to be a defense that no matter – how well you coach it, and how well-intentioned and hard uh, effort those guys play, like that, a defense is going to give up 35, 50 points, you know, on uh, on a regular basis. It's going to happen. And they've they've kind of accelerated that by trading Robert Quinn and trading Roquan Smith. They they're now at the point where they're making their offense better. We haven't seen it as much yet because Claypool just got here, but they're making their offense better at the expense of their defense. And the difference is, is you know, we had the same situation in 2018 where the head coach's side of the ball was the one that was lagging. And the difference is that Matt Eberflus has a, a, a track record of getting his side of the ball right. Might, it won't, might not happen this year, but you know eventually, based on what he did in Indy with a similar cast, that he will get it right. Nagy did not have that. He did not have that cachet or he legitimacy. Call, he didn't call plays on, right. for the right. Chiefs teams that were good. Yeah. You, also, right. you also see the rookies playing well is another reason why. Like Jaquan, Jaquan right. Brisker and, right. and Kyler Gordon right. are not stars yeah. right now. They're building. But you could yeah. see that happening for those guys. And yeah, so, they're, so to me it's a totally different dynamic, if you will, about what's happening here. So I guess, I guess my point is I'm not lamenting the defense like I was the offense uh, under yeah. Nagy because at least there's some confidence that they will get it right. And good point, they're be- uh, they're, they're, some of their better prospects are their younger players who you can see, maybe it's more hope at this point, but guys like Brisker, Gordon, they're, they're going to be good. They're going to get better as the defense gets better. What do you think of Sanborn, Patsy? Well, I don't know what to make of Sanborn. I don't know if he's just a fill-in guy or one of these guys who comes out of nowhere and actually is uh, your starting middle linebacker for – for five or six years. That's why um, I was asking uh, Alan Williams at the, today about, you know, was there a play he made uh, that, that was more than, you know, because like I said, and when I asked the question was, you know, a middle linebacker can get you 10 tackles and it might not be as great because he's in the middle of, he's going to get plays. But was there anything he did that um, that that really... Uh, really made a play. Really, really made a play. One. And he did point yeah. out. I can't remember exactly. I didn't get a chance to look at it. But Alan Williams, the Bears defensive coordinator, did pick out a play that he said really showed, um, I think, just the football gene, I think is right. what he was trying to say, that this guy knows, you know, uh, can, can sense it, can be a, be a step ahead of the play, can anticipate things. Right. And I think that's a good sign. So, yeah, I think, I, think uh, well, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert enough on defense to know. But uh, so far, uh, it looks like they're looking at him as somebody, a potential regular uh, starter, instead of just a fill-in to keep uh, things at bay uh, until they can get a replacement for Roquan Smith or, or um, Nick, uh, uh, Nick Morrow, who was playing that position. Jason, the offensive coordinator Luke Getze today used the word miraculous when describing Justin Fields, a certain plays Justin Fields ran on Sunday. He did that unironically. Uh, that's as strange to me as Matt Eberflus sitting down after the game and saying, well, this is a great day for the franchise because the quarterback was there, or, or was where he was. Uh, big picture, you said you're not convinced that Justin Fields is going to be their quarterback next year? Uh, to me, I, I think I've reached that point. Good. You're not? I, he's where he should be right now, but I mean, you need to see him continue to rise from here over the rest of the season. What 
of the five guys that were drafted with him or alongside him, I think we established he's either one or two. Um, <laughs> what do you need to see? Is this not this is not enough? There's got he's got to improve as a passer still. He can't okay. be thrown for 170 yards a game even during the best stretch of his career and thinking that that's going to be enough production. And he knows that. He talked about that this week, that he wants to see more production from him, sure. him, himself as a passer. He's on track for where he should be at a year and a half in. Okay. But he's got to keep going. Uh, it's That's got to keep going up. This can't just be kind of a plateau for him. It can still change. I mean, the narrative can still change, Pat, I think. I think sure. two or three games on the road. I think, though, I think it's more likely that it won't because normally what happens is you're good against Detroit and Atlanta, and then you play Dallas and New England, and you're right. bad. Right. He's doing it just the opposite. He was right. good against New England. He was good against Dallas. Miami, not as great a defense, but still you know, not the worst defense in the league, and was great against them. And now he's playing the 32nd-ranked defense in the league in Detroit and 31st in Atlanta the next two weeks. Sure. Now the ex- now it goes to it. Now the, it, it changes to, to ex- can he meet expectations? Sure. So it was a, so my, I guess my original point is I would lean more I would lean more towards him be, certainly being a guy you, next. He's going to be here next year based on just what he's the way he's done it. But I also say, hey, NFL's kind of crazy. Things can there's still enough time in the season and we've seen it and maybe a bad example, but Mac Jones was like the guy a year ago now, a year ago at this time looked like he was gonna he was he was he they found their guy and as recently as two weeks ago it was like, hey, maybe this if, other guy's better. If he doesn't play another snap this year, if he gets hit by lightning tomorrow, what That's is bad. or you know I think another team would give up a first round draft pick for him. I think that that's yeah, Where yeah, his value but is. you're you're saying if he doesn't play, yeah, he's gonna play. So he's got to he's got to keep. So to, I think to Jason's point is he's got to he's got to show he's got to continue to show growth. And uh, and uh, I guess my point would be I, I'm op- I'm optimistic based on the way this thing has gone that he's that he's gonna do that. But that makes this game you know for getting into looking ahead. Yep. This game is really interesting. It's uh, because it would confirm that in at least in one way. Well, let's put it this way: it could unconfirm if he's bad. Then you got a problem. But really, it's an opportunity that he should he should do well again. Well, and you and I were talking about this outside. Is that you know this is going to be I think the first time, Jason, that people are going to come into Soldier Field, sit down, and look at Justin Fields lined up against the worst defense in football, and go, "Entertain me. Let's see it." I think there are expectations now that aren't not that aren't projection that are actually be you know. Be as good today as you were last week. And I'm, I'm not sure that he's ever really had to deal with that before. Uh, deal with that has like a negative connotation. That's a good thing for it's him. It's a good and problem, I, And sure. I think that he can do it. Again, with Justin Fields, you got to remember that this guy was never a project. Right. This guy was a, f- a high first-round pick. He dominated at Ohio State. He didn't come from, like Josh Allen, he didn't come from some school that uh, – you know, we didn't really ever see him on TV or anything like that. Super successful at the highest level of college football. Very polished and then, you know, needs to develop from there. Right. And so I don't think that any of this, I don't think that that is an issue for him. I don't think that he's going to be uh, pressured or anything like yeah. that to produce now. I think the issue is more with Getze and then the X's and O's of a team seeing what they can do and what they're doing. And can a, can a defensive coordinator of the 32nd ranked team in the defense in the NFL come up with a plan that at least you know that that <clears throat> that causes problems for the Bears? That would that would not be good. But that's what to me that's what this game is all about. Mm-hmm. Is can they you know it's the same old thing? Can can the Bears zig when the other team zags? And that's because you know what's going to happen. You know, now it's out there on film, and let's see 
uh, if, uh, if, like I said, like a bad defense uh, um, can respond to that. Now that's out there on film, but his running and the design runs and everything. But I don't think it's I don't think that's something that's going to slow down. Well, that was I, the whole point last week is they actually had a weapon that. Uh, the Dolphins said that we were preparing for it. They had yeah. a spy. They had everything, and still couldn't do anything about it. That's like a revelation in if, Chicago. That's right. never, even with Cutler, with that's Eddie, that's strength. never happened. That's just your yeah, strength yeah. being something that can't be stopped. Yeah. And if he is, in fact, the best running quarterback in the league, and he's right up there right now statistically with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, if he's like one of the top three or two running quarterbacks in the league, that's not going to be something you can scheme away. He's going to overcome whatever you do to scheme that out. Well, and, and you know. As you're saying, if if he needs to get better at throwing, that I mean that is the, that is the way to get around it. If if they are scheming for his runs and spying, and I know that won't stop him every time, but the best way to keep other teams honest is for him to complete a 20 yard pass, isn't it? Yeah, and that's I mean we got to see some growth there. I think I think he's definitely got that. Mm-hmm. He's got the ability to do sure. that. We've seen him as a, a deep passer. We've seen like some you've, you've seen some really amazing throws from him. Uh-huh. Vilas like Jones dropped one. Yeah, the, the touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney last week. I thought it was. I think it was like a sixteen-yard touchdown pass. 18, yeah. yeah, it wasn't a super long pass yardage-wise, but it was long uh, air-wise. Right. It was probably another, I don't know, twelve or fifteen yards air-wise, and it was just perfect. Right. It was just a perfect throw. But Potsy, you said that this game is important Sunday for the reasons you laid out about the you know the Lions' bad defense. But how about this? The, the portion of the fan base that would like the Bears to lose to give them a higher draft pick, this is the kind of game they can ill afford to win. This, is, this, <laughs> that, this game does not fit into that narrative, and I am a big proponent of that, not trying to do that, but accepting that result. I have to make that distinction. But this is not the game you want that to happen because if you lose to the, to the Lions, you're, they're probably, you're probably not good. You're probably bad. They were, I thought, a good team. They were a good team against the Dolphins and still lost yeah. and did it and played well enough to win and still lost. That was like a perfect scenario where even even the reasons they didn't come through at the end were two really well-thrown passes. One one was a, a bad call that the league, I think, has acknowledged was a bad call and is un, not likely to happen. And the other was a drop by a receiver who, sure. you know, frankly, probably not going to be here next year. So, so those even even he might not be here next week. Well, well, yeah, right, right. That's how fast things are happening here. But my, the point is, you didn't lose necessarily because you were bad. You lost because you know the other team was they, better. Yeah. The, yeah, So, so, but that changes this week. If you lose, yeah. especially considering the way Trubisky and Nagy handled the Lions pretty well, that was their. Yeah, you know, that was the one team uh, with them and the and the and the Vikings, I guess. That, that they can handle. So to lose to the Lions, uh, and I know the Lions think they're better too, but they haven't been so far, uh, that would not fit into the narrative of play well and lose is a good thing for the Bears because I, I don't think that's possible. You want to see If they play the well Lions. here, they're going to win. Right. They know. need to beat the Lions yeah. and the right. Falcons. Yeah. And it, 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 yeah. Pat, they're 3-6. and six, They could get to six or seven wins and still pick around ten. Like right. Especially if you don't need to go get a quarterback. Right. You can live with picking ninth or something instead of fourth. And I think that you that you you've talked about that this mm-hmm. week that the next step would be go and beat these teams. Right. Go and actually Justin Fields overcome whatever your defense is doing, giving up thirty seven sure. points or whatever, and go and finish the game with wins. I think that would be really valuable to them these next two weeks against teams that are absolutely in their weight class. The Dolphins are are just the way that they're doing their roster and their, their expectations and uh, um, long term planning. Like the Dolphins were going for it this right. year. Maybe they aren't. A Super Bowl contender, but they're not in the Bears' weight class. They're way above that. These next two teams, these are teams that the Bears could land some punches these on. These are probably, these might be the last two games the Bears are favored. 
except for what uh, New Year's Day in, in in Detroit might be the third. So yeah, if they're gonna if they're gonna play well and win, it's probably gonna be here. You know, one of the things that you know I was researching was just that idea that now they got to go win a game. You know, their offense has got to go win a game. Can't you know it can't keep them around. They've got to be the reason at the end. And, you know, if you look back, Amir Smith-Marset fumbles, you know, a completion at the 37 going in. Darnell Mooney drops a ball. That's a touchdown if he catches it cleanly at the end of the Commanders game. And, and then last week, you know, you mentioned it, Patsy, you have a pass interference call and then a stone-cold drop there. Uh, I'm sure the Bears would love to win by 20, but just from a growth standpoint, I would like to see them with the ball in the game tied and them go go score. Uh, because that, that, I think, is the next step in this offense. Yeah, I mean, there's a maturity for every quarterback, every offense, and mostly an offense to do that because it takes – quarterback can't do that by himself, uh, not even fields uh, running around like he did. So that is the next step. And against a team like uh, the Lions, uh, you know, I, I think you would think it shouldn't have to come down to the last – You'd hope you know, so. To, to, yeah. to the last play. But if it does, that's a, time, that's, that's a game where you want to see them come through. But, yeah, that is definitely the next step. But I, I guess I would say I don't think if they don't do that this year that, that there's a big void. I think no. that, that's that's the kind of thing you go – that's a season-to-season season maturity that I think the Bears are still uh, on track for. Yeah, uh, let's get to our picks here real quick. The Sun-Times is all in on the Detroit Lions losing to the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think this is like the third time in, in three weeks that we've all been united in who we think will win. That is not good – uh, that is not good pod, but that is uh, that is where we uh, where we stand here. Jason, you've got them 39-32. I've got the Bears 43-42. Those would both be fun. Be yeah. Fun Sunday. Fun Sunday to watch. How about this? The Lions give up 6.39 yards per play, Potsy. In the history of football, only four teams have ever given up more. Um, and then, Potsy, you've got them at 31-24. Potsy, you go first. What's your rationalization here? Well, I just think the Bears are going to score. I think I think the Bears are just going to score a lot of points, and I think their offense is is uh, moving is is moving upward uh, against you know pretty good defenses, and uh, they they should score through. And let me say this, and I've got to look back. I meant to look back at this today. That might be the first time I've called for the Bears. I've been picking Bears games on the cheat sheet uh, for 15, 17 years. And I'll have to look back and see how many times I've picked the Bears to score 31 points in a game. <laughs> that shows an advancement in itself, just so we're all picking. What were the scores? So you had 40, Jason? Well, I have 43, Jason's yeah. got 39, Lawrence Holmes has got 30, yeah. Talender's got 25, and Rick Morrissey's got 31. Well, that's I can guarantee you that's never happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even when the Bears were scoring points that one year, uh, maybe it was two years ago, uh, against Jacksonville, right. and yeah. I can't remember who it was when they scored a ton of points or whatever. Right. It was not even predicted because you had no faith in the right. – and that's kind of the point. This is based not just on the opponent but a faith in the offense and a faith in the quarterback. And so that's really, that's really what my pick is about is that I have faith based on what I've seen that this offense and this quarterback will take the next step against a defense that is just you know, asking, you know, asking them to beat them. Jason, are the Lions dangerous at all? Yeah, they are because any team that's lining up against the Bears' defense becomes dangerous. So yeah. when you know you could come in here and reasonably expect to score in the 30s, mm-hmm. you can always win that game. If you have a Bear or a Lion on your fantasy team this week, you should probably play them. That would be my advice, unless it's the defense. And if the Bears are chasing, you never know, an early turnover, an early score, uh, you get down. Um, I don't, think, I don't know if the Bears are, I mean, they obviously they've done it before when they've fallen behind, but, I mean, there's no guarantee. So, I mean, the, I could see, 
Hey, the, nothing nothing surprised me in the NFL. So I'm not saying this is no lock. I'm not saying that. No, no, this is a three and six team against the two and six team. So yeah, it's not, they're not that much different. So there's no doubt things can happen. Yeah, the difference right now is the quarterback, and and I think that's coloring the way both fan bases are looking at this game and that in te- their own team. And we will talk about all of that after it happens. Until then, he's Jason Leisure. He's Mark Potash. I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back Sunday night from Soldier Field to break down the Bears-Lions game. Uh, Until then, check us out on Twitter, uh, if Twitter still exists by the time you read this, uh, the Sun-Times website, and, of course, the Sun-Times in print. That'll do it for us. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.